Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Il va chance. Over underrated. Over underrated. Hello and welcome to Over Underrated. This is a special bonus podcast. Previously on our California episode, we covered Queens of the Stone Age and Group Love. We didn't know at the time that Group Love were going to be bringing out a bloody album, did we? So, enjoy this special version where we won't be discussing if they're over or underrated. We'll just be discussing each track and if it's any good. Hope you enjoy this special episode and I will see you at the end of the podcast. And welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. How are you doing today, Babs? I am doing well. The sun is shining and my face is as well because of the ring light that I now have. And I cycled into town and cycled back. It's a terrible journey, but I made it despite the hills trying to get at me. So all in all, a good day. (laughs) At least you left the house. I left the house, which I did not do yesterday. So today I did went into town, had a coffee, had a sandwich. Great times. All is good. We're Almost. (laughs) Well, I mean, the world's in chaos. But hey, in podcast land, guys, it's all good. So this is a special for you group lovers or haters and discussing their new album, which is called This Is This. So, Babs, tell us, well, I guess you've already discussed group love, haven't you? So where are we going to go from here? (laughs) Leave that in, leave that in, (laughs) leave that in. Yes, this episode is called Fran Gets Me to Listen to More Group Love uh, under the guise of of promoting their work because they're they're very awesome. Yes, I didn't know either that Group Love had an album out and I have dutifully listened to it a few times through and dutifully made notes. I have opinions, but maybe it's better to start with what you thought of it. Was it, you know, given that it was a surprise album, what did you make of it in the kind of group love canon? Was it what you were expecting? Was it not? Well, the first thing they released was um, Deadline. And that was more of the same, of Healer. So I thought, oh, here we go. It's slightly disappointing group love. <laughs> Healer, I wasn't a massive fan of, apart from a couple of songs like Delisa and Inside Out, it's not a great album. And when I heard Deadline, it's like, okay, we're, we've got the sound I'm used to with an added Hey Mickey vibe to it. I thought, oh, this seems a bit everywhere. Lots of ideas and no real goal. So I thought, oh, this is a bit disappointing. So I was like, okay, but they've got a new album. So, you know, there might be something else on the horizon. And then when I heard the album, I was like, oh, good God, this is nothing like Deadline, is it, guys? Then we have gone into hardcore 90s alternative rock. And who expected that? Well, I haven't listened to Group Love in order, but I I basically felt this album might as well have been called Future Nostalgia, like the Dua Lipa album, because it was 90s grunge and it was the the pop punk, uh, the American pop punk of the mid-noughties. That was that was what I got plus the Pixies, that it, so it, it was a mishmash of that. So I thought, well, given that we're in a pandemic and um, 
you know, creativity is a bit stifled. To me, it makes sense that they would make an album that feels a bit retro. And that's that's what I felt with this album. Yeah, I and I agree. They've been actually compared to the Pixies before. Okay. I, I didn't get just... that vibe in, in our episode. I don't, I can't remember what I said because it was more than 24 hours ago. But I, I don't think we mentioned the Pixies, did we? But no, I, 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 I just think that like if any rock band with a female and a male singer appears and they have some hard guitars, they are either they are always linked to the pixies for some reason. For, just... for me, it's not just that. Like it, there, there's two songs specifically where I'm like, this sounds like the the pixies sonically. But we we can get into that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This album definitely. They, they've literally, yeah, they haven't hidden their love for the pixies in any way. And the fa- the fact that it was called "This Is This" as well made me think of the Strokes' "Is This It" again, <laughs> kind of a, a throwback, perhaps. So yeah, I, I think they said the first thing they thought of was "This Is the End," because obviously they wrote it during the pandemic. But they thought "This Is the End" might be a bit too bleak. Bit <laughs> so they changed it to "This Is This." Like this is what's happened. And yeah, I, I, they just decided. Um, I think it was October last year, after six months of going nowhere, because they literally released "Healer," and then the pandemic happened like that week. And obviously I saw them mm. on tour for mm. the, just before the album came out. So they cursed the world by calling an album Healer. And then mm. the opposite happened. But <laughs> I think that looking back, it's actually a, a plus because I think this album is stronger than Healer. And if they go on, to, and this is a better album to see on tour than Healer, definitely when they do get to tour, I assume later on this year or next year. Um, Hannah and Chris went from LA to Atlanta to meet the guitar player Dan in the studio. They spent nine days just playing angry rock music and then came out of an album sounds great and then told us then told the record label that's not okay so it's an organic thing that happened it wasn't lots of zoom calls and lots of planning yeah yeah and it, it said they've got hours and hours of just jamming and they just went for it and they thought right let's just shout out and get all our anger out and hence why the album has that theme because like hannah's vocals there's nothing like she's ever done before uh, growling rocky vocals yes definitely i i agree that she really showed a lot of range mm. uh on this album and yeah this is the first album the first group level album i've ever listened to because i've only listened to your playlist that you made and i haven't really gone back too much and listened to the songs that i've saved so yeah this felt like a different exercise and actually yeah it's the first time on on this podcast that yeah it's it's an album we've sat down listened to the album and made notes so it'll be interesting to see your thoughts so we start with prime time yes over underrated um so yeah prime time opens the album it's a nine track album you could say lazy you could say you know why why put feather in it guys um and yeah, instantly I thought, oh, this is this is a difference. Previously in Group Love, they have like dance between rock and pop. And on this, they've turned up the rock to fall. And yeah, we've got um, Hannah, I think, sings the majority album as well. This is the first. Usually Chris is the, is the lead vocalist and she, and she sort of sprinkles her vocals around. But she's really taken charge. Um, I think this is a, a perfect opener to give you guys what's going to happen in the next eight tracks is like we're group plus back we've turned our guitars up and we're, and we're going to go for it 
And yeah, this is when I can notice the pixie bass line. Oh, 100%. The yeah. swelling guitars. Yeah, and it's got that atmospheric sort of like it's fun in the background going in and out. It hasn't really got a chorus apart from her saying, This is prime time, baby. And why not? But yeah, it's, I think it's, 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 a, it's a decent opening track. Yeah, I agree. It was an in your face start, uh, which I quite liked. I actually didn't like her vocals when it started and I thought I wasn't going to like the song. But then Chris came in, I became on board and by the end I liked it. And yeah, I, I read that I really liked the swirling guitars and I thought it was Pixies with a group love twist. So yeah, a good start. Um, you then move into This Is The End, which I think is a current single. I think they've done two videos and this is the most recent video. Although these days I get confused between a YouTube video and a single in my head. If I've made a, made a music video, it's a single. Oh, I see. It's not always oh the case God. these days. I hadn't even it. thought about that. It's not always the case. Back in the olden days, guys, they made a video. It tended to be a single these days. Who knows? But Who there's knows? a there's an official video for This Is The End. Okay. Um, lyrically, I have no idea what it's about. I actually didn't look at any of the lyrics for the album. Uh-oh. It mentions, she mentions teeth and houses a lot in about two or three songs. So look into that if you want to. Okay. She talks about, you know, putting her, her her mouth inside his mouth and I think like grabbing hold of his of, a, of his teeth and going back to the old house happens a lot. Um, okay, everything okay, Hannah and Chris? Like, uh, who knows? Pandemic getting to you. Who knows? <laughs> so I think this is like, this is basically COVID anger with Audible. Yeah. They've, they've gone down the, the Nirvana route. Yeah, I put that this sounded like a grunge slash REM throwback to me, a, a bit of both there. Her voice sounds so different here. Like she was really showing off some range and really good emotion. But I, as a song, I thought it was okay. I, I felt like it wasn't really my thing. I mean, as, as we know, the REM angle is not usually one that's very positive for me. So I, I love REM. Fine. I never, I didn't, did not hear that. Did not hear that. Oh Yeah. I uh, I definitely did like grunge and REM. Yeah, because she gets a lot of hassle regarding her vocals from from people. Because toxic masculinity. <laughs> but you, but she usually doesn't sing in this range. She usually no, sings the pop in a much higher range. Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting that she can do this because she I believe she's the least musical trained out of the gang. Yes, she's, yes, she's like the discussed. artist, graphic design sort of uh, mm. member. And then yeah, then we're on to like I mentioned before, Deadline. I'm not a big fan of. Um, it's got it's got a nice baseline to it. It's got nice elements, but they sort of need something to put it together. I th- I actually enjoyed Deadline more than this is the end. Um, oh. I put Larue meets Lady Hawk with some hand claps. I really enjoyed the shouting in the middle. I really enjoyed the laughing at the end because I guess it's just yeah an outtake or, or them in the studio. It sounds quite cozy. I did find it forgettable. Like I had to listen to it several times, and I feel like I would forget what it was about or what it sounded like much more than any of the other songs, which is a bit strange. I think they're having a lot of fun like, in the video. It's just them jumping around. And I assume that's what was happening in the studio too. But yeah, so, so this is, if you're a Group Plus fan, this will be the track that's, no, that's, that's, what's the word? Hall, I, can't, I can't speak English sometimes. It has, it has all the hallmarks of previous Group Plus. This is what I was trying to get to, guys. I, I have a disabled mouth, you know, you can't mock me. This, this podcast diversity we've got we've got male female disabled, disabled belgium <laughs> english we've got it all guys we've got it all and i'm wearing makeup today so you know and i'm not 
I have a disabled mouth, I think honestly is the funniest thing you've said on this podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> anyway, scratch. Scratch. Grungy Hannah, I put. Hannah gets to rock out on this album, and I quite enjoy a bit of scratching, actually. Um, again, same as before. We're talking, we're talking Poldram, we're talking Nirvana, we're talking that. Yeah, you, you get the idea, guys. Yeah, this song is to me a total "Where Is My Mind" ripoff. Totally, <laughs> like I could not get over it. How much it sounds like "Where Is My Mind" from the male-female vocals, the minimal bass providing the the accompaniment they even say gasolina they speak in spanish like pixies do so i tried to be like okay be objective about this but i, I was just like this this is a total ripoff so i kind of have no opinion on this beyond it's a is it is where is my mind i never picked up on that to be fair yeah it, it was it was immediate because i well i had already pixies in my mind because obviously i was listening to it in order and it started and i was like Oh, oh, well, this beginning really sounds like where's my mind? And then it went on and I was like, oh my God, guys, like <laughs> maybe go you know, hit up Frank Black for some uh, royalties. Um, mm. But it just didn't feel particularly original, I thought. Yeah. And then to my personal lowest point of the album, see, the, the group love always seem to think they have to do like a, a boring ass ballad. A, a boring ass ballad with some acoustic guitar and some swaying hands. It, it, it appears across the whole back catalogue. And we've got Oxygen Swimming, even sounds a bit, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a typical chilled out pop song with some Jaws House and guitar solo. It's a bit <laughs> weak. Yeah, I put that, I can appreciate their harmonies in the chorus, but that's it. They have to fit out when the, for concerts, they have to have to slow numbers. I, I get it, you just said they've got the one slow song, but when there's only nine songs, it kind of takes, no, it feels like a big uh, annoyance when you've, ruined another another track so full title just what you want and this is interesting usually it would say featuring and have the name of the singer but they've gone further than that they've made sure you know that they come from surfboard yes i know danny miller from instagram yes so i have followed her for possibly years because she's a very striking woman have you have you looked her up no i i listened to some of her songs via amazon i've not seen the video so Danny Miller, she has like a mullet. She wears crazy makeup and she does not shave her legs at all and does not shave her armpits at all. So for me, I'm like, wow, this is this is the woman I wish to be to have that kind of confidence. But she 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 has a totally kind of punk attitude, pulls it off. I think she's even been in like um a Gucci commercial, which is like a close-up of her mouth and her teeth because she has like gaps between her teeth. So she's just She's just an all-round badass. And when I saw, because I saw in advance that she was going to feature on this, I'm like, oh, I'm actually intrigued to see what she's going to sound like. I knew that Surfboard was some kind of guitar band. And, you know, maybe I've seen the odd video where she's playing music. And I got Jimmy Eat World slash Weezer slash mid Naughties Blink-182 vibes, which is fine, but not one of my favorites. Although I, I was listening to... Um, Jimmy Eat World the other day and it did feel very nostalgic I have to say but it's it's not my favourite genre 21 years ago since that album came I out, the know middle. that oh, is God. crazy we are old I remember listening to it on my Discman <laughs> so I thought the Subways vibe I know you're a fan of Subways really? Yeah, it's got that... this is the second time you've done this and you're like don't you think does... the Subways are pop and I'm like no <laughs> it's got that no it's got that, that bass that, that bass and guitar sound like imagine the Subways doing it's also there's also a Norwegian singer called Ida Maria and it kind of reminds me of her but, but Hannah follows Danny on Instagram and she said that um, she wanted to have another female energy on, on the record 
mm-hmm. and she thought well who can I get who's got a lot of energy and she went straight to her so that's why yeah she definitely does I think this is the best song on the album and I'm shocked how this is not really? single just because of the repetitive chorus like it just gets in your head and I think this would be the most radio friendly track on the album I think personally that is interesting this really? one was middling for me I I literally wrote meh I uh, it didn't do much for me I'm afraid I think because yeah I, I was getting those those mid noughties vibes and I was like yeah it's fine but I, I, was, I was jumping around to this I thought I cannot wait to dance to this I think then maybe this is the difference in how you see the subways and I see the subways for me I really associate subways with young fraternity subways even though like I have listened to their later stuff and that is much rockier much less melodic and I think with group love because you like them so much and you've seen them live you think of these songs as in oh I wonder what this would be like to be live whereas I'm just taking the songs at face value so I'm sure especially if Danny Miller would be there this would be a great song live but as a kind of listening to on Spotify. It will be interesting how Ray would do this live. Will Chris sing her parts? Will that be more interesting again? Who knows? Will Danny come along with them? And then we're on to, is it Seagull? Seagulls. Seagulls, sorry, more than one. Seagulls. Hannah, again, 90s froaty vibes. Mm. I hope she does not blow her voice on tour. Yes. She needs to have some lemon. I hope you're drinking some lemon and honey. I can also, for some reason, imagine a cock rock band doing this. It's got that sort of angry, like, like, come up. Oh, well, do you know what I actually wrote down? That his vocals reminded me of the vocalist from A. Really? Yeah. I, I, I was thinking of uh, nothing where when he's like, give me some love, and he's really putting it into it. That's that's what it reminded me of. But maybe because we talked about them recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I, I also like the second part of it when it sort of like breaks down and gets a bit more melodic and poppy. And it goes up again. So, yeah, I, this is, I guess, in my top three Seagull. They've also done live. Um, There's a good live version on the old internet, guys. You can check it out. Uh, were you a fan of the old Seagull? I thought it had, yeah, similar throwback vibes. I really like the lyrics, actually. So for this one, I, I did look it up, and it definitely feels like a teenager talking about life. You know, I saw you were at the record store. I took too much medicine and the medicine medicine done fucked my head. I was walking by. I didn't even know we had a secret. I, I have been watching a lot of Ginny and Georgia as well recently. So maybe that's why I'm in that kind of teen secret vibes. It wasn't my kind of thing. I I can appreciate it for that, but it didn't really stick. Oh that's a that's a sad, sad time. Let's have a minute of silence until you go. Over underrated Let's pretend Shake That Ass doesn't exist. And that's me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I literally... Oh, well, I, I mean, it is... I, I actually only have one line as well for Shake Your Ass, which is, Piano Ballad was not how I expected the song with this title to start. <laughs> yeah, Shake Your Ass is apparently her anti-TikTok song. Her record label asked her, oh. asked her to, to check out TikTok and maybe want to do some TikTok. And then she checked out TikTok and saw it as loads of teenagers that's basically just dancing sexy on the internet. And so she wrote this as a protest. But I'm sorry, if you're going to write a protest song, write a better song. This is just really fucking annoying and embarrassing. 
I also, I think it's a bit, I find that a boring thing to say. Mm. TikTok is everything. It, it's like any community. Yes, there are teenagers dancing on camera. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely seen teenagers around Brussels clearly, like with their phone propped up on a bench, doing some TikTok dance routines. And I have to wait like the old woman I am for them to finish that dance so I can <laughs> pass them and not get in their shot. But like, the, I think there's so many communities, like there's, uh, I don't know, people talking about mental health, there's doctors um, talking about vaccines and, and stuff like that. People who are queer talking about all sorts of stuff. So I I think it's a bit boring to to have that opinion. I, I, I do get that that is part of its appeal, but but yeah. And, and, and again, I think a little bit like Deadline, I this song was a bit forgettable for me. I Yeah, it's a sad, I think, but personally, I think there's six decent songs on this album. And in my head, and in my head, I thought, well, if they take Healer and this and blend them together, we've got a decent album over the, over one year. There's enough decent songs to on the next tour, um, but yeah, it's not a classic. And that brings us to the end with, I think, is their best song on the album. I would agree. Again, this has not been a single. This is bizarre. I'm sure it's got to be a single because, you know, it's talking about mental health issues and it's about, you know, shouting out during the lockdown, you know, taking out your stress. This is perfect for now. So bizarrely, I don't know why they haven't released it yet. Well, it is quite a long song, isn't it? I think that's that's why. Hey, he matched it to the K. Wow. What a comparison. Very much yeah. similar vibes, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Bohemian Rhapsody also starts with the lines, I touch myself alone because we are in need. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the demo version. But yeah, and I kind of thought, again, that, that sort of, that riff was kind of Frank Black for um, or sort of and Pumpkins-esque as well, sort of guitar solo. Um, yeah, it's got, it's, a, it's an easy chorus. It works. I think I want to hear it more. Yes, I thought this was a great song. It was a pretty guitar at the beginning I wrote, but I liked it. Mm. And I liked how it developed, you know, like a lot of songs that we discussed on the main episode, you don't really know where it's going to go. And for this one, I did listen several times to get a handle of this on the song and I did and I enjoyed it and I wanted to listen to it again. So, so yeah, I, I do like it actually. I don't know how you feel about this. I do like it when a band finishes an album with their best song. Because you could argue like, oh, you know, but Brave. isn't it better that the opening song is the best one? But some some of my favourite songs are, are closing songs. Like, uh, I think if I had to if I had to pick off the top of my head, my favourite closing song from an album is Sea Within a Sea from The Horrors. But Shout is a great track. And it's interesting, yeah, a, a lot of um, great songs do end records. Like I Am The Resurrection for the Stone Roses, for example. The Chauffeur, Duran Duran. Mainly because I like epic songs and a lot, you know, you tend to end with a big boom, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but in the 80s, it was more of a case of like side A, put your hits on, because that's what people can listen to in the record store. And then side B would be like the filler quite a lot, I found. So yeah, I think with pop bands, they, they tend to have end of a good song. It's more it's more like the pop artists. That's it. Like I think, you know, I would listen to my parents' records, but I, I feel like even with my parents, my mum was fairly similar to me in that if she liked a song, she would listen to that song obsessively, you know, for a long time before exploring the whole album. And also for the sake of like family harmony, because my mum and dad had such differing music tastes, it's like we couldn't just put on 
you know, a, radio, a whole Radiohead album. It would be a few songs and then we'd have to switch over to something to, to keep the peace. So I feel like it was only when I started listening to music for myself, when I got into rock in the early noughties that I really thought about album structure. You know, I would very often realize that a lot of my favorite songs, it would either be the last song or the second and third song on an album because that's very often where they put the mm-hmm. single for whatever reason. But sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes it would be an opener. And yeah, like I, I think... I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I, I, I do think a lot about um, the the choices bands make in the order of, of songs and, and how it can really make a difference. And uh, for the past five years, I've been doing a regular music feature where people have to choose the album tracks from other albums. And it's fucking hard to, to find your favourite song um, fitting the right album track. And I did that because I wanted people to listen to albums again rather than just you know thinking of a song as a, a standalone thing you know it's part of a body of work in my head I'm old school I I'm very uh diplomatic in my opinion on that I do think albums are cool <laughs> it's hey, guys that's a quote there perhaps controversial <laughs> because albums are cool <laughs> Okay. I really need to speed up my it's got a t-shirt with that one as well. Ooh, I haven't even had any boost today. Um, I think like I think listening to albums is important, and you know, like I recently guested on a podcast talking about Drive by Peter Harvey in great detail. I don't think I've ever thought about an album as much as I had for for that one because we just went into everything, and I was like, yeah, wow, it's been it's been a long time since I've I've done this, and it is a world. It's a bit like reading a book. Like when you read a book, you are immersed in a world. For the, for the period that you're doing it, it's very different reading a fiction book in another world or, you know, another world to the one that you know and having a book where you read a chapter on the loo every now and again. I I, I feel the same, but I, I do love a playlist. Then <laughs> thank God we do for because we do this podcast. And I think sometimes playlists and listening to songs out of order makes you see them in a different light as well. Because if you, especially if you listen to albums the same way all the time then it seems like one big track like even when I listen to albums very often I'll put it on shuffle because then you you listen to songs in a in a different context so albums are cool but so are playlists is the conclusion here I think <laughs> thank you I'm available for <laughs> talks <laughs> I think regarding group lover I think if you heard one of your songs out of context you might think what the fuck of, of group love done <laughs> yes like true. i think you have to be aware true. of this album that this is the theme for the album uh, this is the uh you know fuck you world we're gonna you know whack our guitars hard and, and shout so it'd be interesting to hear what the pop fans of group club will think of these tracks or will they listen to the album and then get it because obviously when i first heard um i think at prime time before i heard the album i was like oh what <laughs> you mean deadline uh yeah no yeah no yeah no prime time i think they did Deadline, then they did Prime Time as a, another track you'd listen to. You know how they do like the teaser these days? They do, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, wow, Prime Time's a bit of a turn. And now now you've heard it as a whole, I get, you know, I get a whole grunge thing mm. and it makes sense. So it's an interesting thing. So I think as an album, I think this is a step up from Healer. It's not a great group love album, but to be fair, they're not a band who've done a great album yet. They, they tend to do half a dozen songs, I think, per album, which is fine when you go to Sim Live because they, they play the best songs and great for mm. playlists. So I can make a, a great 20 of the best of group love. I wouldn't... Please don't make me record that episode as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I would not give someone a group love album and say, hey, 
listen to group love and give them an album i'll give a best of to people say hey listen to group love i think that at the moment a best of band rather than like you know the band who've who've recorded that art and you have to listen to each album like radiohead you know I, I think also they are a band that you could make different playlists for different occasions because mm. the playlist that you made for me on the previous episode, you opened it with this deliberately like confrontational guitar, which you knew I would love. And I, and I did. So if you did a playlist of songs like that, I'm sure you could do a 10 or 20, a 10 or 20 track playlist of that and give it to someone. And then they would go and see group love live and they, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like there's a lot of pop here. So I feel like if you are a hardcore group love fan, you're going to like the pop and rock. Surely you have to embrace the pop and rock um to like them but yeah this album i liked basically three songs on it i i didn't i didn't i won't listen to it again as an album probably i've saved the songs that i liked along with yeah probably the three or four other songs i saved from the previous episode and i will go and listen to them and appreciate them and that's fine like um though i remain curious to to see them live and yeah especially hannah rocking out Sure, bring it on. I'll be very interested to see how this does commercially. I mean, they've been on the James Corden show with this album. So there's still, oh, wow, so there's still okay. got some status to be on primetime American TV, but is this going to put off? I, I have no idea what the fan But I guess is. they're based in California as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, they else. can go on all those shows. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got no idea if this will put off a lot of the fan base. I don't know, because I've only seen the UK audience. I don't mm-hmm. in America if they're seen more as a pop band or a rock band. So I don't know how mm-hmm. to do I, I It's not of a popular genre at the moment, is it? This sort of music. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if it's, it's a flop or not, to be fair. But do, do the band mind? I mean, the band didn't plan this album. It's just a bonus, isn't it, really? I'm fascinated with, uh, yeah, albums recorded in lockdown now. Like, obviously, we talked about Charlie XCX recording the, the lockdown album. Uh, and that's gonna there's going to be a film about that as well coming out which i will definitely be watching because as mentioned slightly obsessed with charlie xcx but uh... I mean, i'm surprised there's not been more i assume during lockdown because a lot of like comedians and, and filmmakers were doing like a lot of stuff online but there hasn't been for me but music is different like i think if you happen to be also like number one restrictions mm. in australia i remember in peak lockdown it's like you couldn't travel more than five kilometers from your house so but they can do things over the internet they can't they? they can record as long as they've got some sort of studio-ish like like a four track or something at home or some some means that- i think if you're a richer musician sure mm. but i mean if you're like you know in a squat or even just like i don't know living with five other people how much can you realistically do in your house um, but even bands like coldplay like i don't think coldplay even released anything like you no, know, you think like ma- massive bands like that you thought well they're bored surely they're gonna do but i mean I, I'm not a very creative person, but I have not felt particularly creative this lockdown. You know, we can't all be John Bon Jovi, right? We can't all. <laughs> we must, though. <laughs> Save the world, we must. Really? <laughs> mm, I suggest otherwise. Um, but yeah, all the best to you, group love. And I really hope to see you live one day. It should happen. Yeah, that, that's, that's the only thing I can think of is that because bands can't tour, they're like, well, we're not going to release a record until we can tour it. So mm. the holding back. And, and a lot of people did put stuff up, mm. put stuff up, and then eventually like, right, fuck it. So, yeah, yes. I think maybe bands are just, you know, holding on to a massive amount of music and then going to release the best of that pot. So we're going to get a great year of music this year and next year. Hopefully, hopefully that will be the way. I hope so, yeah. I bought um, tickets, gig tickets today for the first time in over a year because Arlo Parks is coming to Brussels in December, which feels 
doable and realistic. Um, and it was already setting out. So I was like, right, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do it. And I would love to go and see her. Yeah. Wolf, Wolf Alice are the only band who I've wanted to see who've released a tour. And I haven't bought a ticket <laughs> um, mm. because one bands are going to charge a fucking load of money now she's going to see it. That's why you should buy it now. I like know, it. I know. And it's a part of me thinking, you know, am I going to curse it if I buy a ticket? <laughs> to, to be fair, like there's been a lot of other bands announcing stuff that mm. I haven't, but but I mean, again, Botanique, you might be lying, I hope you're not, but Botanique put on the Facebook event, like it is the last tickets. And while, oh my God, I've even forgotten the name of the resetting service that I used. Oh, Ticket Swap. Right, I found it. It took it took me a while, but yeah, but Ticket Swap, I I've used it. I think I successfully bought a ticket for your favorite ghost poet on there, uh, and I've sold plenty of tickets. But if a band is really popular, it's it's almost impossible to to get tickets on there. But we should probably wrap you this should, up. You should. Like I'm putting it. back the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> I'm just like we have gone off on some tangents. Um, and I feel like, yeah, there's some stuff there. I feel like you could emotionally blackmail me with uh, if you ever want to, but uh, but there we it's go. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, albums are cool, and I think group love are also cool. Do you think group love are cool? Write in. Thank you for listening to another podcast. <laughs> free of charge, this one, guys. Free of charge. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have anything you'd like to add before you go? Stay safe out there. Get your vaccine, whether AstraZeneca or anything else. Do it. <laughs> New uh, vaccines are now available, I believe, in the UK. Um, guys, we promise you by 2022, podcast will stop saying stay safe. And we will just say goodbye. Adieu. And that was Creep Love. Um, I obviously preferred it more than Babs, so if you're a fan of the album, let us know. If you're not a fan, just be quiet and secretly subscribe. If you want to chat to us on social media, we do have that, which is a shock. We are on OU Music Pod on Twitter and Over Underrated Music Pod on Instagram. So, give us a chat. Tell some friends, keep listening to music, and stay safe, guys.